0: Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, and I'm joined by Kyle McKelvey. Later on the podcast, we'll be joined by Charlotte head coach Robert Woodard. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Uh, Well, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day! Nothing like recording a podcast on uh, late on Valentine's Day uh, with you know two two married guys late on Valentine's
1: Day, keeping us away from our spouses and our kids.
0: Yeah, what a what a lovely thing! But I mean, you're married to the game, right? That's what they mean when right. they say romantic about baseball.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent true.
0: All right, so I want to start off the podcast with probably one of the most important topics we've ever discussed. Travis on
1: Instagram submitted this question to
0: us, and I love it. Uh, what mascot would eat the most pancakes? And I've been thinking a lot about this. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on this? I see this like whole mathematical, literally mathematical equation on the spreadsheet. Right so uh,
1: Travis and I talked back and forth on, on Instagram about this to try and um, like narrow down some of the like, qualifications I think you got to eliminate any weather-based phenomena. So Green Wave, Golden Hurricane, apparently Sun Devil. uh, That is a weather-based thing. Um, I went through all of the D1 uh, mascots that I could find, which is about 300. And I think I narrowed it down just in my mind to bears would eat the most. And then tigers or other like big cats, like bobcats, Mm -hmm. cougars, things like that. Um, And then I think an alligator would eat a lot. They just kind of eat whatever, and maybe maybe uh, like the Razorbacks, they're pigs, they eat just gunk, trash. And then I think a buffalo would eat a lot. There's a few buffalo mascots. I think you're discounting the impact
0: of human mascots here because I'm not convinced that like a bear or tiger would want to eat any of these pancakes. I, th- I mean, I'm thinking volunteers and pirates, those are that yeah. got to be in, in the running.
1: That's true. Uh, it's cowboys, it goes down to what they'll want to eat. I don't, uh, uh I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna go bear first. They they eat a bunch of a bunch of crap and and hibernate for the winter. <laughs> what about wolf pack? That's multiple wolves, right? <laughs> oh, that is game changing. Are you, yeah. you're looking at our rankings to get to get an idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, have have the whole list up here in front of us. Yeah.
1: That is a good point.
0: Fighting yeah. Irish? Do we get the whole nation of Ireland
1: for that? I one? I <laughs> don't think you can get. The mascot is one leprechaun guy, right? Mm. I guess so. one leprechaun
0: guy. That's what the Fighting Irish is.
1: Yeah, this this Fighting Irish.
0: Uh, all right, Travis. Hopefully that satisfies that itch of that burning question. <laughs> so our top story today is opening weekend. Bam, full stop, period, right there. Opening weekend is finally here. This is our last podcast we're recording before we get going with opening weekend of college baseball. Kyle, it feels like it, it both months and months have passed and it was just yesterday we have one last task and that is to repeat our draft from a year ago where we both go back and forth drafting teams from the top conferences as well as conferences across college baseball trying to choose the winners the 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 most winningest teams out there and so let's get this draft going here are the rules for every point your team uh for every game your team wins, you get one point. If they win the conference tournament, they get 15. If they win the regular season championship 20, regional appearance 10, super 10, called World Series 20, national runner up 20, national champ 30. We can breeze through this next part. You won last year. Congratulations. Whatever. Ooh, Good for ooh. you.
1: <laughs> Never a doubt in my mind.
0: Uh I I will graciously offer you the first pick in the draft.
1: Well, you get the first pick for the next thing later. I think it's only fair.
0: Yeah, we have uh, just a, a, a scheduling You and I have three drafts going on right now, <laughs> yeah. and then we're doing a fourth one tomorrow on the ten twelve pie. We are just drafting things left and right.
1: Yeah, sign us up for the military. You know, just <laughs> I think I think it's my turn for that for that other draft, and I I, I had to focus on this first. So, uh, pardon me, uh, everyone. <laughs> college baseball nation but um so i'll go first uh, go ahead and give me lsu i think it's a, a slam dunk but like you know, number one team even though they lost uh starting pitcher i think they can can refill it pretty easily
0: all right then bam stanford is my number one pick i think that west coast teams um i mean i, w- I won't say that, that the top competitors are, are few and far between that's underselling what's going on, on the west coast but i think Pac-12 is a little bit top-heavy, even if Stanford doesn't quite live up to expectations. It's still a 40-win team in my mind, so I'll take 40 wins and almost a guaranteed regional appearance, which is what I think the floor is for Stanford.
1: Uh, That is fair. All right. Um, Hmm. I guess I got to go ACC. I think I'll go... (laughs) Hmm. Give me wake forest i don't want to do it i uh, uh
0: a team that hasn't made the college world series since the 1950s is your number
1: two overall pick They're but they're the rest of our top 10 is sec it feels like i uh i just um they're probably going to win their conference going away according to you i'm more skeptical but i didn't i didn't want to let you have it that one for free
0: yeah major development in the last week i think i'm, I'm converting kyle to a Lake forest believer i guess so <laughs> If All I right, give me that. Tennessee. Give me Tennessee, number two. I think it's that's a team that's fair. going to win a lot of games and I think should give LSU a run for its money.
1: All right. Back to you, Kyle. Oh, no I we're not doing snake draft, huh? I guess we are not. <laughs> Turns out it's been decided. <laughs> um, I think I'll go Southern. No, I don't want to go Southern Miss. That's crazy.
0: Sunbelt's a little tougher than the Con- than Conference USA was.
1: That's true, that's true, but they're, they're going to be really solid this year. I think, go ahead and give me UCLA from my Pac-12 team. That's a
0: solid choice. They'll win a lot of games. I know they will. All right, I'm going to go ahead and actually dive into my wild card conferences right here because I want to snag Maryland before you get the chance because mm. if Maryland wins fewer than 40 games, I'll be flabbergasted. So, give me the Terps. I think clear Big 10 favorites very likely will make a regional.
1: Give me the Terps. Yeah, wild card right off the bat. It's kind of wild card. <laughs> um yeah, I guess I I'm gonna go and um, wild card also. I'll go ECU. Um, oh, that, that was my next wild card pick. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't do snake draft then. I think, like I said a few weeks ago, I think this is the year that they finally get to Omaha. But uh, we'll see. Uh, that could that could get me. You should lot just of wins. record that clip and play it just year in year out until they finally yeah. make it. To Omaha. <laughs> that actually was a clip from last year, and we just reused it this year. <laughs> All
0: right, uh, I'm gonna bite the bullet and. Go into, uh, Big Twelve. I'm taking, uh, Oklahoma State here.
1: Bang, that's a solid one. Hmm, I think I, I, well, I guess there's no worry about not getting into the Big Twelve team. Hmm. Yeah, I guess go ahead and give me uh, t- uh Texas. My Big Twelve team. I'm not even sure you, that that you're you
0: know what you just picked.
1: I I put Texas in the spreadsheet. I wanted to All say right. TCU, but
0: the I, almighty uh, spreadsheet is official. It's official, <laughs> immutable. All right, Texas. Um, so I have two picks left here. I've done my Pac-12, SEC. Uh, I what I need. I done Big Twelve, so I need an ACC team at some point. But I'm gonna go UConn. Give me UConn in the Big East. Same logic as Maryland. They're gonna win the biggies They're gonna win 40 games. Very much likely to make a regional. Almost uh at this point, feels like surefire regional final coin flip super regional type team. So give me UConn. Yeah,
1: came off a solid year last year, losing in the, I think game three of the Stanford super regional. Yeah, pretty solid. Stanford series. had
0: had quite the the nail biter trip to the Omaha, but to yeah, Omaha did they-, they did go. <laughs>
1: Um, and then I guess my last one, give me uh, UCSB. Uh, going out at the Big West in a usually down Big West, a lately down Big West where there's just one team pretty much. Uh, the Gauchos? Right. The old Gauchos. Gauchos. They are the cream of the crop out there in the West.
0: And I'm going to wrap it up with my ACC team, UNC. Give me the fighting Honeycuts.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: All right, so uh, my team that's going to beat your team for sure this year is for Stanford, sure. Tennessee, Maryland, Oklahoma State, UConn, and UNC. Give me your team,
1: Kyle. LSU, Wake Forest, UCLA, ECU, Texas, and UCSB.
0: I don't want to be cocky, but like I, I would put money on my team for sure.
1: You uh, don't have a solid color scheme. You can't like come up with like the the fighting blues or anything. <laughs> um, everyone see, knows got...
0: that winning podcast drafts is all about color schemes
1: i think i have three purple teams and purple and gold or i don't know is ucsb are they, they're blue and blue yellow, and yellow, right? yellow. Uh, blue and yellow never mind then three yellowish teams how about that
0: your your whole philosophy is <laughs> falling apart as we as
1: we watch <laughs> that's why i think all these teams there because they were yellow <laughs> all right
0: let's let's toss it over to charlotte's robert woodard uh grace graciously join the podcast to talk charlotte baseball that's up next very excited to welcome in head coach robert woodard from charlotte to the podcast coach thanks for joining us
2: yeah john absolutely thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk charlotte baseball
0: I'm really excited to dive into the Charlotte team. I think Charlotte's, I think you have a lot of interesting pieces coming back. I think Conference USA is super exciting, but let's spend just the briefest moment thinking about 2022. You won 36 games last year. I think it's fair to say there was an onslaught of injuries, a little bit of bad luck, but a reasonably successful season. Looking ahead to 2023, what does success look like for you? What are the goals that you have for this team?
2: Great question yeah um no last year I mean it's funny all I think every college baseball coach in the country would tell you they're part part baseball you're part baseball coach you're part scout you're you're the player development you know aspect of of the team but then you're also kind of the GM and front office and at one point last year we did we 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 started the year a little banged up, and then it just turned into this. You know, probably in 13 years of coaching Division One baseball, probably the most banged up. Um, you know, nothing really we could have controlled. It's you know, it's, it's things you couldn't control. We had about 107 thousand dollars in scholarship that was down at one point, and you could, you can kind of look, you can literally look at our, our win loss column and results from the the season, you can, you can pretty much tell exactly when we were banged up and then you can tell exactly when we got healthy. And so it just, it kind of stinks because we felt like if there had been another month of the season that we would have been, you know, we would have been back on track with where we wanted to be, but we just kind of ran out of time and that's the nature of it. So, um, as far as, as far as this year and, and our goals for Charlotte, it's just, know we like every year really we just want we want to continue to push the need you know uh, move the needle and and push the envelope for you know what people believe is is possible here on you know in in the baseball program in Charlotte so this is my hometown I grew up here in southeast Charlotte and went to Myers Park High School and um, you know I had the opportunity to really follow Coach Hibbs and Coach Robinson and their teams uh, for 20, 20, 25, 30 years and kind of, you know, really just kind of came in here with Toby Bicknell and um, our coaching staff and been sort of on a mission to let's just see, let's see what's possible. And um, I think every coach in the country will tell you that, you know, we want to be one of the, the final eight teams to have an opportunity to play in the college world series in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, you know, but, and so doing that, we try to, make decisions on a daily basis that give us the best opportunity to get there. And then, you know, so we just, that all being said that this year, we feel like this year's team is about three and a half years of hard work and dedication to, to doing that. And we're about 72 hours away from going to play.
0: So the conference coaches voted you as fourth in the preseason. We currently have you as a top two team in conference USA Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball referred to you as an Omaha sleeper. I think it's fair to say that the outside world has some fairly high expectations for you. So, how do you handle expectations? Does that come up in the locker room, or are you just tunnel focused right now?
2: Yeah, I think I, I think we're just tunnel focused right now because we know how good of a team we're. Get, you know, we lead off with Ball State. They won 40 games last year. They're picked to win the MAC. Um, and then here comes a, a road trip to Clemson, South Carolina. And then here comes a home series against the preseason, you know, Patriot League favorites with, you know, you know, who was in a regional last year with Army. You know what I mean? So it's like we don't have we don't have any time to really put much put much thought into um, you know, these projections and that sort of thing. You know, from a ten thousand foot perspective, we really, you know, we appreciate it because It certainly wasn't the case when we got here. Um in July, August of twenty nineteen, you know. I mean, I think our first season in twenty twenty we were we were picked last or next to last. And then, you know, even in twenty one, you know, to to kind of add on that thought, you know, twenty twenty one finished forty in twenty one and we were picked next to last in one poll um that year too. So, you know, there's there's plenty of teams in Conference USA that um you know they've, they've got they've got there's plenty of bulletin board material amongst the league and so many good teams um the biggest thing I'm just I'm always going to be happy when our guys get acknowledged because they work so hard so the individual accolades that those guys receive and they you know they would deflect it and tell you it's all about the team but our players work very hard and, and they've come from all over the country from you know either the high school ranks or the portal junior college ranks to Put you know, put a stamp and make a name for our program at Charlotte. So I'm just, I'm happy to see those guys get, you know, get acknowledged. Well,
0: let's talk about some of those guys, and I want to start on offense because in the preseason All Conference USA team, your team had four position players represented. I mean, that's the most of of any team in the conference in terms of position players. Cam Fisher, Jake sure. Cunningham, Austin Knight, uh, Jack Dragham. If your team's going to be successful, it's going to have to hit. It feels like because these guys are, are coming up with a lot of expectations. Can you tell me how you're shaping your lineup right now? Where do you see these guys playing a role, uh, one through nine, in the lineup, and who else is going to be a, a key producer for you?
2: Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, those four guys you listed; those are those are all program changing guys. They can play. They can play anywhere in the country, and we're just really lucky to have them. You know, here on our team at Charlotte, and. Um, you know to, not, to, you know, to kind of leave out Will Butcher and Blake Jackson and Caden Hobson, three guys that we feel like are are in that mix. Then you kind of you add in, you know, Brandon Stallman, Eli Wiesner, and Cal Clark and Spencer Nolan, some new players with that core group of veterans. It's just a versatile lineup. It's an experienced lineup. I would say our average age in that lineup is probably 21 and a half, maybe even 22 years old. So um we feel pretty balanced from the standpoint that we can go we can go five lefties four righties if we need to we can go you know we can flip-flop that and not and you know we really want you not have to hit back-to-back righties maybe more than once if at all and same thing don't have to hit back-to-back lefties if not at all and that kind of thing so it can i think it can pose some problems i kind of being a pitching pride myself on not just being a pitching guy i guess but with a with a heavy pitching background, I kind of look at lineups like how would I want to face, which how would I, which lineup would I want want to not face, and if I was you know the pitcher that we're facing, and try to put that one out there. Oh, and certainly the names that have been mentioned and received the accolades, uh, it's you know, it's a it's it's there's a lot of names that lineup that I really I really enjoy get you know being fortunate enough to write those names in the lineup because they're really good.
0: And let's talk a little bit about pitching. It seems to me that transfers will play a role in that in terms of Donya Evans coming in from Vanderbilt. How have the last few weeks of practice been for your pitching staff, and how are you feeling heading into four games this weekend? You have a doubleheader right there in the middle, so your pitching staff will immediately be put to the
1: test.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one thing, you know, just playing for, co- you know, playing and coaching alongside Coach Fox, For nine years of my life at UNC and getting to be a part of that program. and one thing that program really taught me is that one of the biggest misconceptions about where you go play college baseball, my opinion is, you know, you hear, Hey, I want to, I want to go, I want to go play at Charlotte because they play in conference USA. It's one of the best leagues and so on and so forth. And it certainly is, but like to me, one of the most underrated aspects of where players go play college baseball is, You know who are your teammates because those are the guys that you're going to be in the weight room with, training with, and we've you know we've scrimmaged ourselves ourselves 30 to 35 times, and great for me to hear you know feedback from our players from the standpoint that our hitters are saying, our returners, the guys that we talked about, they're saying you know these are the best pitchers we've faced in two or three years of being here, and our pitchers who've transferred transferred in from some from some really really prominent programs with great reputations. Are saying that these are these are the best hitters that they faced, and you know, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of that, and um, just throughout the country, with when you see yourself so much, right? But um, you know, it's every single scrimmage has been really, really competitive, and I feel like that it's you know, our hitters have gotten to see a lot of a lot of transfers, like you mentioned, that we brought in that um, have either had success at at some previous programs be it junior college or four years or even division three. And um, you know, and then vice versa. Our pitchers have been really challenged with the guys that we mentioned. And um, you know, so it's just really it's really been challenging. We've we've had days where we've you know hit seven home runs and think that we can really hit and we've got to go back to the drawing board on getting better on the mound. And we've had days on the mound where we've made our really good hitters you know, be able to put we've been able to put up some zero and Zeros and that kind of thing, and keep in mind that those guys are playing defense, so they're helping put up zeros. But you know, it's uh, it's a really fun group. They, they've worked extremely hard, and and um, you know it's nice starting a season where you're not, you don't feel like we're dependent upon our success is not contingent upon one one or two pitchers or one or two position players. We certainly need them all, but um, we we feel like this team of this is our fourth team coaching staff at charlotte and we feel like that this is probably the deepest on both fronts
0: and it seems like for this year you were fairly aggressive when it came to scheduling you have seven teams on your schedule that were in a regional last year three teams that made a super you've been quoted as saying that this is one of the most challenging schedules in your program's history what was the philosophy heading into this year in terms of scheduling
2: yeah well you know again we felt like this is our fourth year as a coaching staff in the program and we've continued like every program every year you try to continue to push and improve and get better and we felt like felt like just looking at looking at kind of one and two years out on the recruiting side and the returning side we felt like we had a chance to have a competitive squad a very competitive squad this year and we wanted to make sure that Uh, when we play our 55 or 56 games we wanted to make sure that we leave no doubt with the committee that again, whether we're we're surefire in or we're borderline in and you know we're in this whatever discussion we're in we just we don't ever want anybody to say well charlotte didn't play competitive enough schedule to compete for an at-large bid we you know we want to we want to control the things that we can control and we feel like feel like the you know, certain things on the recruiting side, the player development side, and the scheduling side—you combine those things all together. Like we can control a lot of those things, not all of it, but a lot of it. So, yeah, I mean, again, and when you play when you play college baseball in Charlotte, North Carolina, you don't have to go very far to find a lot of really good teams, and and so we're very fortunate on that front because you know, I, I've, I've there, there's just there are programs out there where. We've got to get on planes you know frequently and early and often all throughout the course of the season and um you know we're just very fortunate here in charlotte to be located where we are and have so many good, great programs and great great coaching staff that so we can we can sync up with and got to push the envelope to do what we want to do in, as far as you know making r- runs deep into the postseason
0: and so as we are here recording this on Tuesday night, right ahead of opening day, uh, you just had a scrimmage yesterday on Monday, anything standing out to you heading into opening day that just got you really fired up. What What's getting you excited about your team right now, heading into Friday's opening day game?
2: Just the energy, you know, just, I mean, just the, just the energy from the guys. Uh, they look, they look strong. They look fresh. Um, they look eager and anxious and, I remember that feeling as a player myself and so i i I think i think all coaches would tell you that that they remember that feeling being a player and it being game week and kind of that that new journey being upon us and um start thinking about the you know the what could be's and and um you know you start to think about all the cool moments that are that are in front of that could be in front of us um certainly the opportunities that we have and that's what that's what i get excited about i mean like i said these guys have this group of players have done everything that we could possibly ask and more and well it's practices practices for us as a program and but the games for the players so i'm just excited for those guys to kind of cut it loose against a really good against a really good ball state team um opening weekend and beyond that
0: Well, coach, best of luck this week and the whole season. It was great having you on the
1: podcast.
2: Thanks, John. Appreciate all you do for college baseball and your coverage and uh, talking Charlotte baseball tonight.
0: And welcome back to the podcast, Kyle. Our next segment is a segment I like to call something or nothing. It's that time of year in college baseball. Where preseason injuries that have been put on the back burner finally are released to the public. And we've got three pretty big ones. And uh we have to determine whether or not these are something or nothing for the teams who have suffered them. And let's start up with perhaps uh one of the biggest, I'm not gonna say biggest because we, we got a couple we got a big one coming up, but LSU lost Grant Taylor who was their projected Sunday starter. He had a 5.81 ERA a year ago, expected to progress though, and expected to be a Sunday starter on the number one team in the country. Uh, Kendall Rogers was first to report this. So I'll throw it to you first. Is this something or nothing?
1: I think it's okay. LSU will be fine. They have plenty of, like, they're potentially going to refill that spot with another top five draft pick kind of guy. So, I think they'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go nothing too, which is weird. I mean, obviously when you lose your Sunday guy start of the year, that's never great. But uh, I I mean, I think it it seems like the reports are that Thatcher heard is going to be the guy who steps in from the midweek role to the Sunday role. Christian Little, who's maybe been thought of as a possible starter or or closer type guy is also an option there. Uh if there's any team that could suffer it, I mean, maybe Tennessee would be another one, but LSU is one of the teams that has pitching depth. You hate it for the guy. You hate it for the team. I'm going to say nothing, though, on this one.
1: Yeah, LSU would be fine. Hopefully he, um, I guess, I don't know. Is he draft eligible? I don't know for sure.
0: Yes, he was. He is draft eligible.
1: Well, hopefully he can um, still get drafted pretty highly and uh, come back next year. Er, I mean, go to the MLB next year and uh, do fine after Tommy John. It feels like Tommy John. Is it, is it Tommy John for sure? Yes. I believe it is UCL
0: okay. for him. Yeah. And I want to Maybe. say, I've seen reports that he's coming back for another year.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it seems like now MLB wants kids to have their Tommy John surgery by their freshman and sophomore year in, in, in high school. Almost at this Get point. Get it out of the way. Right. Cause it's, it's going to happen like whatever.
0: <laughs> okay. Next up, is Arkansas's Jackson Wiggins, who was projected to be perhaps the Friday night starter for Arkansas? Something or nothing. I'm going to start off with this one. This is a something. This is not good for Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, I think, was already kind of uh, uh, really hmm, optimistic about their pitching staff. This was kind of hopefully was going to be one of the strengths of the staff. Jackson Wiggins was reported. Uh, to to really seem to, to have come into his own, a lot of enthusiasm around him, and he goes down for the season. This is a big ol' something for Arkansas fans. I hate to break it to you, especially after what they experienced with Palette last year. Same thing.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I I agree. So, I think this is a something for them. Their I mean, that was their rotation was <laughs> their weekend rotation was he was going to lead it off. Like he was he was the guy. I mean, coming off of a, a year with a six five five ERA is not great, but he's still he's still a, a solid Friday night guy for them. Eventually
0: um, stuff plays and he has his stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. But they can I think they can refill it with another with a a red shirt junior coming in, Will McIntyre. He's he might be like he'll, he'll just like shift everyone up. Hagen Smith will probably move to Friday.
0: I like Hagen Smith a lot. I mean, I think Hagen Smith is no one you know, nothing to be ashamed of if Hagan Smith is your Friday night guy. Right. Exactly, yeah. Last but not least, Texas lost Luke Harrison, freshman 3.06 ERA in 32 appearances a year ago. Kyle, is this something
1: or nothing? And I have a hunch, do you have a fun fact about Luke Harrison? <laughs> I do. He um is maybe the most indecisive pitcher of all time. He had
0: Go and go the... double down on that joke. You already used that
1: joke <laughs> once in the college yeah, called nation new... slack this is a new audience yeah (laughs) um so he had 32 appearances last year and no decisions at all which means he didn't get a win he didn't get a loss he just he was just like eh. i'll let you guys decide i'm gonna i'm gonna hold i'm gonna hold the game exactly as it is let you guys take over there are
0: write this down we got to put this in your tight 10 later this is this (laughs) is your stand up bit starting right here (laughs) That's fair. That's fair.
1: Um, There were two other pitchers who had more appearances, but both had like with like one or fewer decisions. They, they both had one. Um, So no one is more indecisive than Luke Harrison in 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 college baseball. All right. Speaking of indecisive, though, is this something or nothing, Kyle? Yeah, I was just trying to delay it. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll go and say nothing. He's gonna be. He would have been a bullpen guy anyway. Um, Texas has Texas recruits well enough to be able to replace him with another. Another guy. It, it does. It is unfortunate for the guy, but he was only a freshman. Um, I think he'll be back in a year and just and do just fine.
0: Uh, I'm going to go the other direction. I think this is something for Texas. I think Texas uh, already had some question marks in terms of depth, and I think losing a guy who is was one of their most reliable pitchers from a year ago, who pitched 35 innings for you with a three RA. That's that feels like a something to me. This is a guy that it seems likely would have been in a bullpen role. Uh, either a setup guy or perhaps opportunity to be a closer. I uh, I mean, there's question marks enough around Texas. You don't need to have a season-ending injury to add to it. Um, credit also to Zachary Sim for us to
1: report that. I think he wouldn't have uh, had made any impact on the game anyway because he just wouldn't have had any decisions, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you clearly have a good grasp of what decisions are in baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, Uh Definitely.
0: All right, Kyle, next up, we have our 10 picks in five minutes. And so for the first time of the year, we are doing our weekend pick them. And uh, what we've done is we have each selected five series for the other person to pick. So we're going to be looking at a total of 10 different series here. And whoever selects the most series correctly uh wins the week and we're gonna be adding this up throughout the season uh these are only three game series so we don't do the tournaments college baseball showdown happening awesome super jazzed about it we have a guy ryan covering it we're not gonna be picking it here though because how do you pick a tournament it gets a little bit messy we're just doing three game series for this
1: yeah and we don't want to mess with four game series either because we don't want to deal with ties ties are too much we don't we don't like ties in baseball
0: yeah no ties in baseball (laughs) That's, that's in the College Baseball Nation Bible right there. Absolutely. All right, so five minutes on the clock. You will be buzzed after 30 seconds. So you get 30 seconds to justify your pick. And let's start off. I won the coin flip, so I'm giving you the first series. And what I have for you is Rutgers at Campbell. Who's winning that one?
1: Uh, I went with Campbell. This one was really hard. Uh, Rutgers is rebuilding their whole rotation for like the second or third year in a row, I I think that's probably too much to start the year on the road because it, it's in Campbell. I don't know if you said that. Um, Campbell did lose um, Zach Neto and Thomas Harrington, but um, the returning a guy Cade Cooler, uh, Cooler um, who did midweek and weekend starts throughout the year, but he'll he'll be the Friday night guy, and I uh, I I like I like Campbell to win this one.
0: All right, who am I picking?
1: You are picking
0: Liberty at Southern Miss. I think this is a sneaky one of the best series of opening weekend. Yeah, Liberty is a frequent competitor and was a, a, a appeared in the postseason last year. But uh, when push comes to shove, we're one of the most bullish outlets on southern miss so if i go against southern miss here i would be considered a total fraud so give me the golden eagles to start the year off right um throw one back at you louisiana at rice that old sunbelt
1: cusa matchup cajuns mix really well with rice i you know i've uh i've always said this i i'm thinking <laughs> I'm picking Louisiana to win in uh, the place where I live. You know they're coming down to Rice. I actually live pretty close to Rice. Um, Rice was not great last year, and, and you said Rice year. too
0: many times. It doesn't sound like a word anymore.
1: <laughs> the Owls were really bad last year under um, first-year head coach Jose Cruz Jr. They could be better in year two, but I'm not counting on it. Um, I am going with Louisiana. And now you will pick uh, Virginia Tech at charleston i love
0: the idea of the team after the team i've been hearing that a lot on the d1 baseball podcast and uh, i think this this virginia tech team can either go one of two ways, right? This can be the team that, yeah, hosted a super regional but didn't quite get get to Omaha, or and you know falls apart. Or this can be the team that wins forty five games and cruises to an ACC championship and proves all the Wake Forest lovers wrong. Uh, I'm going with the latter. Let's let's say Virginia Tech wins this series. I'm calling a sweep.
1: Wow, many are saying that the uh, NCAA's is ruling about the uh, the no hammer on the field is what destroyed their their postseason. <laughs> their power came from the thor hammer exactly
0: central michigan at baylor i love this series good luck
1: that's a weird one yeah uh <laughs> baylor was coming off a really bad year last year they missed the tournament they were like 7 17 in big 12 played i think they finished last in big 12 and central michigan on the other hand has won the mac three years in a row so uh i I think I think I'm gonna go with with Central Michigan. Baylor did not have uh, a single starting position player return from last year. Um, their pitching could be okay, but their offense is a big question mark for me. So give me Central Michigan on the road.
0: I don't know if it's a bad thing that they don't have any position players returning yeah, from that team.
1: <laughs> I know it's just you you kind of want some experience, but it's the first it's the first year under um new coach Mitch Thompson. I believe
0: yep, Steve Rodriguez is out,
1: yep. um now you will pick. Let's see. It's your third one. Tulane at UCI. Speaking UC out of Irvine. new head
0: coaches, Travis Jewis is out at Tulane and they travel to Irvine opening weekend. Uh, I like Tulane. I like Irvine more. Uh, I think, uh, what Irvine has become kind of the Irvine special is having a really solid, uh, pitching staff. And I think that will prove to be true again this year. I don't think Tulane's offense will travel very well to the West coast where, Home runs go to die, so give me UC Irvine and the Fighting Anteaters in this one. I
1: like it. I love that mascot. That's a great mascot matchup.
0: <laughs> yeah, Green Wave at Anteaters. Mm-hmm. West Virginia at Georgia Southern is your fourth series to pick, Kyle.
1: Hmm. I think I wrote down here. Yeah, West Virginia. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna <laughs> stick with West Virginia. Georgia Southern oh. did was really if well. only because that's what you wrote earlier and you can't change your mind. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> You know, the the Google spreadsheet is not what's, like, written in stone. Contrary to what we said earlier. Wait wait a second. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, go ahead. I guess give me West Virginia here. Georgia Southern was really good last year, and they have a chance to even be better. But um, I I like West Virginia's rotation. Ben Hampton um, dominated in the Cape, and he'll be really, really good this year. Uh, That's for West Virginia. So, yeah, give me the Mountaineers. And now you... pick san diego state at arizona state
0: uh let's cut to the chase arizona state here is my pick
1: i do think san diego state was gonna is gonna be better
0: san diego state is a team we had in our preseason top 50 last year and they finished sub 500 so (laughs) (laughs) but i think san diego State, state will be better uh You've heard it you heard me say it on the podcast before I don't need to rehash this. Arizona State's bringing in one of the top transfer classes in the country. They have a couple of top 50 prospects on the team in terms of 2023 MLB draft. The talent at Arizona State's too much especially because they are the home team in this one. Give me the Sun Devils which apparently is a weather pattern. I have no idea what that's about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I you know, we're we're learning this together. Um all no, right, one more for me.
0: Yeah, let's give you a uh, Uh, air quotes power five matchup
1: indiana at auburn uh give me auburn here sec team that just went to omaha last year they recruit really well because it's an sec team and they're at home uh they were in omaha last year i said that already uh give me give me war eagle at home and we're over the clock so we gotta hurry this along apparently yeah
0: nice job there wrapping that one up
1: (laughs) um you can pick kentucky at the fighting elons so yeah, I think Elon's a little bit busy running Twitter. So
0: I'm going to give <laughs> Kentucky the edge on this one. But is uh, this is actually this is a, a tricky one to pick. I, I think what we've seen from Kentucky is an improved pitching staff over the years, um, pitching travels. So I, I do think the Wildcats should be the the favorites in this series. But this is one of those ones where if Elon pulls the upset, don't call me shocked. Mm-hmm. This is a not not the easiest of road trips to start the year for Kentucky. That's fair. Take a breath. We made it through. So that means my five picks are Southern Miss over Liberty, Virginia Tech at Charleston, taking the the W for the Hokies, UCI taking down Tulane at home, same with the Sun Devils over San Diego State, and Kentucky traveling to Elon to take down the fighting Elon Musks.
1: (laughs) And Twitter, all in one. (laughs) Twitter (laughs) Twitter will crash when Kentucky (laughs) wins this series. And uh, give me Campbell over Rutgers at home, Louisiana traveling to Rice to eat up that Rice. Um, Central Michigan at Baylor Central Michigan on the road winning that one and then West Virginia over uh, Georgia Southern on the road I got a lot of road teams in there and then Uh Auburn at home there was a strategy
0: on my side here yeah yeah
1: yeah I guess uh, I didn't pay attention to your strategy last year and I did not start not great this year and then I got Auburn over Hoosier excellent Melton
0: Here's the mail, and a little blue dog once told me that it never fails. Actually, I think that was Steve. I don't think the dog talked, but uh, uh, mail time. We've got a few great questions in addition to Travis's mascot question from the beginning. I want to start off with a question submitted by Beck on Twitter, and it's a question that I think is really, really hard to answer, and that's who is going to lead the SEC in saves this year? Yeah, good luck. Saves is a weird stat. Yeah, it's it's hard to predict. There's a lot that goes into it. If you looked at who had the most stats in the or sorry, the most saves, the most stats, <laughs> who had the most saves in the SEC from a year ago, uh Arkansas and Auburn were the top two teams. Like my first thought was like, oh, like Tennessee, they were really good. They probably they had like eight saves as a team last year. And that, that's well, what happens when you blow teams out too yeah. frequently. So this is like a tricky, this is like, there's a, there's some subtleties to this question, right? Like the idea is who's going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be three runs or closer <laughs> or have three inning saves. Right. And like also have a guy who they're going to consistently go to in this role. So that's, there's a lot of like, you know, and logic there. Right. And so that makes this tough. Uh, But I'm going to go with Tiger at Arkansas. I I know with Jackson Wiggins going down, I was a little bit curious if there was going to be maybe some shuffling. Tiger has started in some of Arkansas scrimmages. So I was a little bit worried maybe he's going to end up in a starting role. But um, I reached out to Mason Choate, probably the best Arkansas beat base- guy for, for Arkansas baseball. And uh, the expectation is that he's Tiger. still going to be a, a bullpen guy, likely a closer. Uh, he had eight saves for Arkansas last year. Give me Tiger on this one. But I mean, again, this is this is not the easiest thing to predict. But great yeah. question, Beck. Yeah, thanks, Beck. So let's move on. Uh, Timothy also from twitter submitted the question what series are you most looking forward to this weekend uh all of them but kyle what's your answer uh
1: yeah all of them is is the correct answer but um i think first i'm looking forward mostly to the college baseball showdown i believe that one is college baseball showdown I just want to get everything out there i think that one's like texas missouri yeah i think it's yeah uh, yep. let me two, see two for two lsu <laughs> three Tennessee. for three or, yeah uh i'm quickly trying to find it uh oklahoma state and vanderbilt and tcu oh and arkansas i missed one
0: yeah i feel, I feel like you've listed
1: eight teams at this point <laughs> i think I, i'll just name all of the sec and it's <laughs> gonna be right um, most of
0: those were, were they are gonna be there though
1: yeah that that is a really fun like a bunch of ranked teams some some bad blood in there uh that one is what i'm really looking forward to even though it's not a series technically
0: yeah. Yeah. I feel like you cheated on this one. Yeah. Um I I gave you that records at Campbell series series earlier. I think that's actually a matchup of two like pretty evenly matched up teams. Yeah. And I think both of them have some pretty interesting pitching prospects. So, I mean, quality baseball in a full series played out in beautiful Campbell. I I mean, you got to love that. I'm kind of looking um, so, forward to
1: Liberty at Southern Miss too, just like to see if Southern Miss is legit uh, against a Liberty team that usually wins their conference pretty like or does a lot of stuff in their conference. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, it's crazy saying that about Liberty because it's uh, it feels like that they've become kind of a standard in the in the ASUN in yeah. relatively fast fashion. No, but um, there's a couple other series we didn't talk about in the pick 'em that I think are worth mentioning. Maryland goes to South Florida. Maryland is super high expectations. South Florida is probably a let's I don't want to be mean middling American team, mm. but that's a long way to travel. You see it often with Big Ten teams heading down south. Um, so it's if Maryland's you know, serious about making it to Omaha, which I think that's kind of their their expectations. There's good chances they'll play a super regional on the road. So this is you got to be able to win games on the road. Same thing, Stanford at Fullerton. Fullerton's expected to be better this year, but still Sam- Fullerton has been down. But, I mean, defending Pac-12 champ and College World Series participant, Stanford starting the year on the road. Uh, when they don't need a to. Lot of work there. <laughs> participant
1: uh, doing a lot of work there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that's a fun series. And then James Madison at Florida State. That's a sneaky good series. James Ooh. Madison, new member of the Sunbelt, Florida State with... Uh, the highest of expectations for a first-year head coach, probably, yeah. in, in Link Jarrett.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I am curious to see if, if Florida State can even improve on last year last year's um, regional team. They yeah, they made a regional. Super-
0: they weren't that bad last year. Yeah,
1: but they can still improve, and their expectations are to improve on yeah. that every year.
0: But if James Madison wins that series, I feel like Florida State Twitter is going to
1: blow up. It might. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, too. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. And last poll from the
0: mailbag is what does success look like for Baylor in 2023? Kyle, what do you think about that question?
1: Yeah, um, I mentioned it earlier, but Baylor did not have a really good season last year. they are I don't think they were expected to either, but they started off the year getting swept at home by Maryland before we kind of expected anything from Maryland. Um, and then they went 2-1 and one in Shriners. Uh, beating UCLA and LSU, and then losing only to to Tennessee, um, but they went seven and seventeen in conference play. Got swept up a, a couple times in um, in the Big Twelve play. I think Texas and West Virginia were the only two. Um, but to me, success for Baylor is just getting closer to five hundred in conference play. Make a run at Globe Life, in Globe Life Field at the Big Twelve tournament. They they uh, just went zero and two last year and didn't do very good, but their new coach has jumped around the Southwest a lot and he's been at, he was at Baylor for a long time as an assistant coach. I think he could inject some, some new blood into there. And if they get their offense figured out, I think they, they are, I mean, they could make a run at, at like potentially like one of the last four in tournament spots. We'll see. I, I'm not counting on it, but the, I mean, anything's better than last year.
0: Yeah. I think I'm a little more pessimistic. Even I think, Success for Baylor looks like seventh place in the Big 12 because <laughs> the preseason coaches poll has them picked um, as um. dead last in the Big 12 <laughs> uh behind Kansas and yes. Kansas State. That was their uh, only
1: series win last year, too, was Kansas.
0: Yeah, so uh I think seventh place would be reasonably successful. Sixth place, you start getting in the conversation about large bid when it comes to the Big 12. So I think successful year would be somewhere around 500, competing last yeah not last in the big 12 somewhere (laughs) around 500 i think wildly successful year would be something like fifth or sixth place in the big 12 maybe 35 wins 30 35 wins and all of a sudden you're on the bubble but uh it's dark days in waco for for baseball but maybe a, a new a new dawn is coming yeah well kyle that's all we have the next time we speak on the podcast, we'll be talking about games in the past tense for the first time in eight months. That actually happened. Games that actually happened. We'll be overreacting. We'll be doing the, our brand new top 50 with uh, <laughs> the least amount of data possible with like three or four games for each team. And uh, it will be uh, week two preview is the, the next thing we have coming up on the podcast.
1: I'm so excited.
0: Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably are one of the biggest fans of the College Baseball Nation podcast. So seriously, text this to a friend like right now. Just say this is the best podcast you have ever listen to and, and just have your friend listen to it, even if it's a lie. White lies are OK. But share this with a friend. Follow us on social media at CollegeBellNat, Head over to our website, collegebaseball.com info. We have tons of conference previews, preseason All-Americans rankings, and none of it's behind a paywall. So that's a pretty cool perk. Thanks for listening and have a great week.